You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Not wearing any Steelers gear, so I figured uh, this would keep me company. Oh, man. <laughs> Bunch of haters, man. What the heck is up with this? It's, it's interesting, when the Steelers were going through their losing streak, how supportive you guys were. Now that we're actually in the playoffs, I just don't get it. But I, I want to uh, wish you all a happy new year. It's great to see everybody. Great to be back together here in 2017. Uh, I wanted to turn things over to my wife for a moment here. Had a few things that she wanted to go through as far as the uh, packs that you received today. Did want to thank Dessa for all the energy, time, and effort. Jen, those that helped with the sign-ups this morning and just putting all this together. Yeah, thank you for your prayers for my knee, as you can see. <laughs> Getting on my bike tomorrow, so pray. Uh, anyway, I just want to take a brief second here to go through your packets and um, notice that we have a financial worksheet for you. This will help you decide what you uh, would like to participate in or not. Um, and then your 2017 calendar is also on CCB, so please uh, make sure you check CCB as periodically the calendar will change, uh, but hopefully not too much. Again, your MLK uh, service opportunities, and now I have Dessa. Okay, so really quick, this sheet that says South Bay Church Giving and yes. Calendar, if you take that out and just take a look at it as I talk through it, I'll be uh, brief here. So online giving... Um, I'm not sure if everyone knows, you can give uh, special missions anytime throughout the year. You can do it the same as you can give a little bit each week. Um, so uh, there's directions on how to do that. You can do that for International Day of Giving, regular, weekly, and special missions. So there's directions on that. Um, the next thing is how to print your tax statement. Several people have asked. That, that information is all in there. So if you want to print your tax statement, there's directions how to do that. Um, subscribe to the... To the um, the calendar, there's directions on how to do that. You can get your calendar to pop up on your phone. So, yeah, it's great. So if you subscribe to it, it comes up on your, you know, iCal or whatever your phone your phone calendar is. And then finally get the app. Um, the calendar, the same calendar that will be on your phone and on CCB is also on the app and many other things to do with the app that we'll talk about more later. Thanks. One more thing. I forgot. Sorry. Other side of the sheet. <laughs> I forgot the other side of the sheet. That's the fun one. Okay, so this is the Kids' Kingdom rotation. The first column is the people who just currently served. Second column is who's up for starting February, uh, February through July. So this is all um, family ministry with children. We still need some more volunteers from the singles and the um, family ministry of people without children, if anyone can volunteer for that. And then the third column is the people who will be up the next rotation after that. So if you have a particular class you want to teach or something, talk to Catherine. Or if you're not on here and you'd like to volunteer, talk to Catherine as well. Thanks. Amen. Thanks, Tessa. Hey, just so I say it, too, I know some of you know what the score of the game is right now. For those of you who do the fantasy football thing, this is a no-score zone. I'm recording the game. Probably won't get to see it until 4 or 5 o'clock tonight. But anyway, did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. Hey, man, I, I had a blast uh, with our little one. Uh, I'm just grateful that I'm actually relatively healthy today. I spent the bulk of it sick with uh, that wonderful flu bug that some of you uh, have had or may end up getting, but uh, I'm non-contagious right now. So uh, anyway, but definitely really glad to be here to be able to help kick off the year. I want to thank Andy for the great job with communion this morning, DK with the offering. And I think uh, many of you know, uh, through the end of last year, we uh, spent a lot of time talking about strategy. Uh, all of you have uh, Robert Coleman's Master Plan of Evangelism, and we've taken a look at the Master's Plan and, and how significant we are to that. I felt that it was very fitting with the uh, communion that Andy did today, just that reminder about what an amazing God we serve, and in a lot of ways, it's very sobering when we think through that he is actually willing to entrust us with that earthly authority when it comes to mirroring Jesus to others, and just the redemptive aspect of that, I, I thought that was just an incredible overview this morning. Uh, but just as we move into the new year, you heard in the skits a little bit about mission points and mission groups and all that. We'll have more detail on that as we move through things here over the next few weeks. 
a little bit on that today, but the thing that I love about God and his strategy is that we're a part of it. Men and women who have always been willing to put themselves aside and make Jesus Lord of their life, we've been enlisted by God to get the word out there, to help other people understand what an incredible relationship that they can have with God. And that God was so excited about this and wanted to make sure that we were part of it that he came down in the flesh himself. That he sent his son Jesus, whose sole purpose was to seek and save the lost so that you and I would be saved, which is amazing. He came to show us individually how much he cares, how much he loves us, and the extreme that he was willing to go to to have a relationship with us. So with that in mind right now, let's go ahead and uh, bow our heads. I'd like to go to the Father in prayer, and we'll uh, continue with our lesson here this morning. Father, I want to thank you for what an amazing God you are. The way that you have demonstrated your love for us, uh, the fact that uh, you've given us something that's been proven to be attainable throughout the centuries as men and women look to you and imitate the, the son that you blessed us with. It's just amazing the opportunity that we've been given to have this relationship with you. Father, uh, please be with me today. Be with our speakers as we move forward. Uh, Give them each an extra portion of your spirit. Uh, Work powerfully through the words that they use, but most importantly through your scriptures. I do want to offer up a special prayer for right now for a couple of individuals, for Maria Costa's brother Vito, uh, who is in the midst of cancer treatment, uh, that you would be there with him, with the family. Uh, I pray that the treatment is successful. I also want to pray for Nellie, uh, her prayer uh, to you, God, and for us to pray for her is that the treatment that she's currently in the midst of is a total success, that 2017 is a year of her being cancer-free. Uh, for obviously the health issues we have within the fellowship, that you uh, heal us up, get us back on the road to uh, being physically healthy, so we have absolutely no reason at all why we can't be out there as your ambassadors to this lost world. Father, I love you. Thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think you know, too, we'll uh, be breaking out shortly here, and I'm very, very excited about the, uh, the uh, individuals you're going to have the opportunity to hear from a little bit later today. We have Dr. Gerald Sugarman and his wife, Erlin, who are with us today. Yeah. I've known Jerry for my uh, entire time of being a Christian, which is 26 years. Uh, he's been around a little bit longer than I have, but the thing that's amazing to me the most is he came out to the uh, north. I think it was probably his zone back then, right? Yeah. And uh, church actually met in his garage. There's about 15 people. Uh, he's, been a, he's been there in the north for 27 years, which when it comes to L.A., that's probably a record for one person being in the same place that length of time. But uh, I appreciate them so much, their example through the years, how incredibly evangelistic he is. Um, the, the calm and sometimes my stormy life. I, I just love the fact that Jerry's a part of our uh, ministry leadership council in L.A. He's one of the eight elders that are involved there. It's incredible wisdom, incredible insights. And for our family ministry, you're going to have the opportunity to hear him today uh, when, when it comes to being a mission-minded family. And then we got a guy that I'm, I'm surprised is still seated and you're not really hearing in our midst as well, and that's Wade Cook. Uh, Wade has been up in the uh, Denver area for 24 years. He's got three children, all of which are disciples. Uh, I think, as you know, he's the vice president currently of uh, programs here within the United States with Hope. Um, the, the thing that, did I say past? Well, we, what, what are we calling it? It's a VP of something. It was in the bio you sent me. It's in a couple of different things that I've read. But anyways, he's made the jump from being an evangelist. That's something that's always going to be in his blood. But to really taking on hope in, in a great way with Robert Carrillo and just the impact that we're able to have there internationally, making sure the needs of the poor worldwide are being met. Uh, one of the things that I really love about him, which some of you have experienced, is his energy levels. Um, he, uh, he must have, must, uh, somebody must have slipped him something this morning because he's really kind of mellow. But uh, I'm really excited that he's going to have the opportunity to speak to the singles today about uh, single-minded mi- or uh, mission-minded singles. He has been our representative for our, for our singles internationally uh, as a delegate in uh, actually for the last few years, just making an incredible impact there for our singles worldwide as well. So really excited about the opportunity we have to hear from both of them today.
want to start out, though, in, get my remote here. One of the things that uh, I, I think through the years we all know when New Year hits is what do we do? Resolutions is kind of a big deal. Uh, reassessment, looking back at the past year, kind of thinking through how things have gone. And uh, it's here once again, beginning of a new year. And, it, and it, for me personally, you may deal with things differently yourself, but it is a, a means of reevaluation. Uh, I love it in a lot of ways in that it's a season of new beginnings. But more than anything, what we're going to be talking about today is it's a time for rejuvenation. God has a lot to say about this, and I love the opportunity for newness. I mean, we think of rejuvenation, you can't really watch much TV today without there being something about how to look younger, how to get rid of wrinkles, how to, you know, deal with, deal with this or this or whatever. There's a lot of it out there. But the thing that I love about God is we know this fades. This is not eternal. God gives us something that is, and we have the ability to rely on that on a daily basis. In Philemon 4, or Philemon verse 4, if you're going to be turning there, please do so. Uh, it is behind us on the screen as well. It says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us, for the sake of Christ. You know, I don't know how uh, your year closed out last year, but for me, 2016 was an incredible year. Now, with that, as I think would probably be the case with many of us, it has some highs and lows. The year started out pretty scary on a number of different fronts for us. Uh, my daughter-in-law was pregnant. Um, she had a uh, very toxic situation going on in her system. Her blood pressure was around 220, 240 over 180. So they had to take the baby early. They were afraid for both mom and the daughter, our, our grandbaby. And uh, she was born premature. What was she, like four pounds something? She was a little over four pounds. And it was, it was a little touch and go on the front side. She ended up coming out of things okay, but then Aaron was still dealing with her health issues for several weeks after that. She got through that, baby's fine. Those of you on Facebook know that uh, that is one of the most joyful aspects of our lives right now. She is absolutely amazing. For those of you that are grandparents, I hear Jerry out here, it's, uh, you can't, I just can't even express it. You have to experience it for yourselves. But then later on in the year, our son Stephen got hit with a virus, pleural fusion, which doctors had no idea where it came from they were draining a liter of fluid from around his lung each time he went in. They could only do one side at a time, but he was basically carrying, imagine two liters underneath and around your lungs. And what that does to your breathing capacity. Uh, he, he got super, super discouraged. It went on for months, and the doctors really didn't know what was going on. They kept throwing uh, antibiotics at him, but eventually he made it through that. And then we got all kinds of victories throughout the remainder of the year. Uh, just super excited about what God has done with the church. The new Christians that are coming into the mix, the baptisms that we have, seeing families being unified in Christ. Uh, as a region, we raised almost a half a million dollars between our missions and hope worldwide. Uh, we're making a difference within our communities, our community service programs. Really excited. Hopefully we'll get to the point where we have Wi-Fi where you can pull it up and it works real well. But we have a new app which everything's in one place. We've got the notes to the sermons. There's podcasts. There's calendar. There's disciples today. All of it's in one spot. And uh, I think it's really going to help with our outreach and for those that come out visiting with us, too, just to really get an idea as to who we are. So there are a lot of great things that the year closed out with. You know, the, uh, we had that situation where we were bringing gifts to the poor. And uh, there was a, a woman, a single mom, that... Uh, a number of people went out to, my wife included. They got her connected in Greater Long Beach. She's currently studying the Bible. So God's really working in an amazing way on so many different fronts. I'm healthy today, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Wasn't the case through the vacation. But uh, and then Jack's up and about after knee surgery. So 2017 is looking pretty good right now. The key to a mission-minded church, though, ultimately for each and every one of us is rejuvenation. Our next reading comes from the uh, book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. 
Uh, his ministry lasts from around 760 B.C. to 720 B.C. On the map behind me, you can see where the Jews were under Babylonian rule, part of the Babylonian Empire. They came in and kind of took everything on over. The, the Jews were enslaved by them. And the thing that I love about the book of Isaiah is there are so many things in there about the peace and freedom that would come through this incredible, amazing Messiah. That Jesus would come as a Savior. He would die for the sins of God's people. And with Isaiah's message, one of the things I love the most is the portrayal that we see of Jesus. And then actually being where we're at, where we can see it fulfilled. This message of humility and love, forgiveness and grace of our Savior. So what we're picking up in Isaiah 42 is where it's shortly after the Persian king Cyrus had released the Jews from captivity. This is what Isaiah has to say in verse 1. This is my servant. I strengthen him. He is my chosen one. I delight in him. I put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed. And he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he's established justice on earth. The islands will wait for his instruction. This is what God, Yahweh, says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and life to those who walk on it. I, Yahweh, have called you for a righteous purpose, and I will hold you by your hand. I will keep you and appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to bring blind eyes order to bring blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house I'm Yahweh that is my name I will not give my glory to another or praise to idols the past events have indeed happened now I declare new events I announce them to you before they occur sing a new song to the Lord sing his praise from the ends of the earth you who go down to the sea with all that fills it you islands with your inhabitants let the deserts and the cities shout. The settlements where Keter dwells cry aloud. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing to joy. Let them cry out from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. The Lord advances like a warrior. He stirs up his zeal like a soldier. He shouts. He roars aloud. He prevails over his enemies. This represented this incredible opportunity and time of rejuvenation for the Jews, as it does for us. They were called, as we are called in verse 6, to be a covenant which defines or creates a relationship. Andy talked about it in communion today, as far as the redemptive qualities and abilities that we have as Christians with what God has instilled on us. That is who we are called to be to the lost, this bridge from us to God. And we've received what Isaiah talks about regarding the Messiah, the servant king. It's time for us, as God's zeal was stirred up, for our zeal to be stirred up and to re, be rejuvenated. Amen. You know, in studying out this in Isaiah, it's really kind of interesting. We know that there, God has many names. And one of them in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament is Yahweh Rafika, which ultimately means this God of renewal, this God of rejuvenation, this God who's a healer. And, you know, we look at rejuvenation, it's defined as follows. To restore to youthful vigor or appearance. To make young again. To restore to an original or new condition. You know, to, as it says here, rejuvenate an old sofa. You know, time for a, a redo. A return to youthful condition or normal. You know, and I, I love the fact that when we look to God, this is one of his names. And this... His abilities apply to us. And this is what we're talking about today is rejuvenation. Today is a, a day to, to remember your first love. You know, for me, I look back to the day of my baptism and the days that followed. And I think many of us can do that. We think back to when we were a young Christian. I mean, I felt like I could take on the world. I couldn't wait to talk to people about what I had been given, the new start that I had, this changed life, a life of purpose where there really hadn't been a purpose. And it was so exciting. But it's amazing how sometimes we, we can lose sight a little bit about how amazing God is and the changes we've been through and how God's worked in our life. 
This is a time to forget the past, though, and move forward into the present and the future. It's a time to look ahead with an incredible sense of anticipation like we did when we were young Christians. The excitement when it came to the new things that we were going to have the opportunity to experience. What God wanted to do in our lives and our families and our neighborhoods and the world. This can be a great time of rejuvenation for each and every one of us individually. Rejuvenation, restoration of our spiritual youthful vigor. Philippians 3 verse 12 reads, Not that I've already reached the goal, or I'm already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I've also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. This is so awesome. What Paul's talking about is who each and every one of us are. Jesus Christ has taken hold of us personally. He goes on, he says, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Have we reached our final goal? Am I, are we, fully mature? Does it matter what kind of year we had last year? Or what kind of day you had yesterday? No. But the thing that does matter, the thing we've got to ask ourselves, are we pursuing and preparing for God's promised prize? You know, many people around the world are making these New Year's resolutions. And you know, the bottom line is many of them will never come to pass. But for us, for each and every one of us as disciples, this is an opportunity to look back at the past year Examine the victories and blessings that God brought about and to see what kind of desired changes we've made in our own lives from a spiritual standpoint. And I think the thing that's so incredibly important is the need to examine our hearts and mind and ask, what am I pursuing? We've got to ask ourselves, what am I pursuing? See, as disciples, every day is an opportunity for new beginnings. This is what I love about my Christianity. This is what I love about my God. Each day is an opportunity to rejuvenate our lordship, our discipleship, our outreach, and ultimately, our Christianity. You know, we, we, we toss the term around. You know, we heard about the kingdom lingo, discipleship. Well, what is discipleship? Discipleship is Bible-living, cross-carrying, life of purpose, the pursuit of Jesus Christ. You know, I love this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. My prayer for each and every one of us this year is that discipleship is something that each of us own individually. Well, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit more detail, but the fact that we're really in each other's lives, we're calling each higher, we're helping each other be rejuvenated on a daily basis. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14, it reads, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. Indeed, everything for your benefit. Everything for your benefit. I lost my place. There we go. Everything is for your benefit so that grace extended through more and more people may cause thanksgiving to increase to God's glory. Therefore, do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, you know, it doesn't matter how much of uh, Mary Atkins' Neutrogena products you use, (laughs) it's being destroyed. It's not going to keep pace. But our inner person is being renewed day by day. This is encouraging. One, I can't see it, but I know that God's word is true, so I know that it's something that's getting better, being renewed every day. I believe that God wants to rejuvenate. God wants to renew. He wants to transform each of us. I believe it's always God's desire that we be filled with a sense of newness and zeal for what he desires and wants to do in our lives. You know, if you ever had that, how many of you get away for vacation? How many of you, where, have you gone away for vacation and spent someplace you've never been before? Yeah. I mean, isn't there this incredible anticipation about what the next day is going to bring, what you're going to get up and see, what you're going to be able to experience? This is what our life in Christ is supposed to be like. And it can be. I believe God wants to rejuvenate us daily. He wants us to be re- renewed with this new sense of purpose 
and destiny. In Isaiah 43, verse 18, it reads, Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You know, over the years I've had, there's been a number of years where there's things that I've set out to accomplish. Sometimes it's happened. And that's, you know, always kind of encouraging, right? There's other times where there were things that I set out to accomplish and they were, they were unrealized goals as well. But the beautiful thing about being a disciple is knowing God, knowing the Lord. And that with that, we don't have to live out these lives of guilt and condemnation over our failures or unachieved goals, but we get to wipe the slate clean and start over, not just annually, but every day is a new day. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was Marshall, uh, Craig, one of our young kids, or maybe it was Cora. It's like, what's this big deal about New Year's resolutions? I mean, why not just do it every day? What is it with kids, man? They always seem to be able to figure it out. You know, the book of Lamentations, there's a, a song that we do that comes out of the book. I think you know the song or the verse. You'll be familiar with it. Lamentations 3, verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. You guys want to sing this with me? Yes. All right, let's do this. Ready? The steadfast Lord of the love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore what? Therefore I will hope in him. God is amazing. You guys are amazing. You guys sound great. But his love never ceases. He's always there for us. So it doesn't matter whether or not you had a good year or a bad year, a good day or a bad day. God loves us. Whether you feel close to God or not, God was still there. God loves you. And I'm excited to see what 2017 is going to bring. 2017 is going to bring because one thing I do know, wherever we are at, I know I want to be rejuvenated, and I would venture to guess you want to be rejuvenated. See, if we're going to be rejuvenated, restored to that youthful faith and love and excitement and zeal that we had as young Christians, there's something that we knew then that we need to hang on to now, and that is we need to be hungering and thirsting for God's word. Matthew 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It doesn't stop there, though. It says if that's what you want, if that's what you hunger for, what does Jesus say? They shall be filled. You know, thinking back about this, prior to the age of 32, before I became a disciple, I was focused on self and self-accomplishment. But with that, I started being humbled out by life. I was a terrible husband. I was a terrible dad. I had, there were all kinds of issues on so many different fronts. The vow that I made to my wife within the first two years of our marriage was violated. And I started to realize there had to be something more. And I was hungry. I didn't know it. I didn't know what I was hungry for. But I'm so grateful for men and women like you that came into my life that were that bridge, that extended that redemptive branch to me so I'd have the opportunity to really get and understand what it was that I was hungry for. And then October, December of 1990, October is when I started building a relationship with Bruce Teague. December 1st, I studied the Bible. December 10th, I was baptized along with my wife. I was hungry. I wanted it. Once I saw it, it didn't take a whole lot of time to figure out that God had so much more in store for me. And this, this led to a continued extreme hunger and thirst for God's word and his purpose for my life. As a result, I was filled with this overwhelming sense of newness. I, and I, I love this. At my age today, how many years have I got in the kingdom since 1990? What is that? 26 years. 32 years of marriage. Thank God for the 26 years of being a disciple because we wouldn't have celebrated that one. But it's amazing. I wake up every day and there's still this newness. I don't know what the day is going to bring. You know, one thing I love about the people business, it's usually something I've never experienced before. 
To me, that's exciting. It's never boring. Sometimes very challenging, but it's never boring. It's always new. And I continue to be rejuvenated, even after failures. Here are several areas that allow for rejuvenation to happen. Number one, God's Word. Can't have a relationship with God if you're not in God's Word. The relationship and the expectations that God has for us are the same that we should have for Him, and it's refreshing if we go to Him. John 7, Jesus talks about these these streams of living water. I mean, can you imagine? Everybody's searching for a fountain of youth. Thank you, Jack. Where am I at? Back up one. There we go. Everyone's searching for this fountain of youth. Guys, we have access to a spiritual fountain of youth every day. God is amazing. Prayer. He wants us to communicate with him. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? And these are all basics, but it's amazing how life and the things that we seem to think are important or somehow work their way into our priorities push these things aside. Discipleship. My prayer, again, this year for our group is that everybody, 100% of us, involved in discipling relationships where we're helping each other, we're calling each other higher, we're growing, maturing, and rejuvenating together. Because the bottom line is we all need rejuvenation. We can all get off track. It starts as a mild drift, but it can move incredibly quickly to an ultra-dangerous compromise. David understood that after he was adrift. And he understood how significant it was to re-engage with God. David prayed for God to create a new heart and renew a, a, a steadfast spirit within him after a very damaging disconnect. David's response should be our heart and attitude as well. And here's the thing. If, like David, we don't feel rejuvenated as Christians, we need to have the humility to ask God and ourselves why. Let's take a look at Psalm 51. This demonstrates the proper approach to God. David to God. God. Well, we got to call on him, amen? Create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and give me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. See, when we're, we're jacked up, when we're not feeling close to God, can we be that bridge? Can we extend that covenant or that redemptive quality to other people? No, but David knew that. And that's something that he wanted to re-engage in, so he's asking God for help in this area. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips. You know, we sometimes wonder why we can't or don't. Or are we asking God to help us with it? Because he will. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You don't want a sacrifice or I would give it. You're not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. God, you will not despise a broken and humbled heart. Humble self-assessment allows God to do the rest. Only God can create a new, that sense of newness, but it has, it, the way it takes place is by us yielding ourselves to him with an open and contrite heart and this willingness to submit to his lordship. See, once we've been rejuvenated, we'll become so much more effective. We won't be controlled by guilt and self-doubt, but we'll become a light to this lost world. We'll be attractive. We'll be magnetic. Because of our relationship with God. God, and this thing I love about God too, he's constantly wanting to change us, to renew us, our identity, as we become more and more conformed into his image. I'm convinced that one of the reasons many people don't change as much as they would like to is because they're unwilling to let go of their personal identity. And it's scary where that identity can go. For some, it may be an identity that's just wrapped up in sins and guilt from the past. For others, it may be an identity that they're trying to hang on to that's closely related to what we see in the secular world today. But the cry from our hearts should be for God to continually create a new heart within us and to continue to renew that spirit in us through him. See, the thing that's so amazing about this is when we do it, when we do this, it puts us in the position for God to really speak 
through us to create and do amazing new things in our lives. And I don't know about you, I love those new things. I love those new opportunities. I love that godly purpose. And this type of rejuvenation, this kind of renewal, this kind of transformation only comes from God's word in our mind and in our hearts. In Colossians 1, verse 29, see, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to grow, to grow us and equip us. In Colossians 1, 29, again, Paul's got this nailed. He says, to this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which does what? Works mightily in me. You know, the, the word mightily here is, uh, is uh, dunamis in the Greek. It means miraculous power, a miracle itself, this ability, this abundance, this might, uh, worker of miracles, power, strength, violence, mighty. And you think through what Christians were able to accomplish in those first few centuries. The fact that we're still talking about it thousands of years later shows you how mightily God worked in them and can work in us, and has worked in us, but how much more so as we move forward, amen? amen. The major reason that Christians and non-Christians alike have a hard time fulfilling those New Year's resolutions is because they are doing it with their own strength rather than allowing God to work mightily in our lives. And this is what's so cool, as disciples, we got the edge. We've got the ability to make these things happen. Romans 8 verse 11 reads, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your motor, uh, mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. God raised Jesus from the dead. Christ will do the same thing with our mortal bodies through that redemptive power, that covenant that was given to us when we were baptized, the Holy Spirit, which is our mark of redemption for God. As Christians, as disciples, God has given us that Holy Spirit. And really, all the things that we need for this life and for godliness. God is always there waiting for us recklessly, just like the prodigal father and the prodigal son. We have this prodigal God who's reckless, that wants to run to us, to embrace us, standing by our side, helping us through whatever it is that's going to come our way. Make this the year of rejuvenation for you. If you haven't been reading your Bible... Start with a 30-day devotional book or an app. There's so much available to us that can be fresh for you to help you re-engage. Shoot for something manageable to re-engage. I'm not saying you need to have one-hour quiet times. If you haven't been having them, 10 minutes a day where there was nothing is something. Amen? It's over an hour a week. Go back and nurture, cultivate, regrow your relationship with God and each other. Think about your spiritual goals for 2017. You know, view them like you would a target. We've got that target up there on the uh, back left. It's got concentric circles. We know the bullseye is 100. You got 80, 60, 40, and 20. What do we want to aim for? You want to aim for the bullseye, right? Sometimes you may only hit the 80. Sometimes you may only hit the 20. But the bottom line is if you don't aim for 100, you're going to hit zero every time. Someone said, I don't know if it was Chan or not, but someone said that I would rather attempt to do something great for God and fail than do nothing and succeed. We all remember the balance beam, the video, you know, him getting out there and embracing the video and then jumping up and doing the dismount, you know, and acting as though he had accomplished something by just hanging on to the balance beam. We just want to hang on? Seriously, we just want to hang on to our Christianity? Or we do want to do something while we're in the midst of it? So set some spiritual goals for 2017. You know, what are the areas that you personally want to see spiritual victories? What are the areas you would like to use your talent that maybe you haven't been using your talent in the way that you can really serve God or the church or the poor? What are the new ways you want to commit yourself to God's family here in South Bay? You know, and it doesn't matter if you're a day old as a Christian or 50 years old as a Christian. God gives us the ability to do so much. There's so many talents that we've been... We're created in his image. What what did God accomplish? We have a great opportunity as we go into our new season of mission points here to have incredible impact. You know, we kind of joked about the nomenclature changing up. We have our mission groups, which are smaller community groups. We have our mission points. We're going to be relatively in the realm of six to eight people. And it's broken out throughout our communities. 
We're, we've been in the midst of working on this for several months. We'll be unveiling it here in the next few weeks. But the, the, the whole purpose behind that, you know, what is a point on a map? It's just that, right? We can look at the map of what the coastal Los Angeles region is, what South Bay is, and where we live. You can put pins on the map. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're having impact. These are our mission points, like God getting worked up in this zealous fervor, stepping into a mighty battle. That's what we're going to have the opportunity to do in our mission groups. But what it's going to take is reliance on God. We need to pray like crazy and get into and believe God's word like never before. Amen? Amen. And then go and expect the Holy Spirit to bring about rejuvenation in you. We need to have an incredible expectation in our hearts about the new things and the new seasons that are going to break out in our lives because this is God's desire for us. It's just a matter of us agreeing with God's will and purpose in our lives. I hope we can leave here today in total agreement with Paul's words from the Message Bible in Philippians 1, verse 6. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. I want to read that again. That's kind of cool, right? <laughs> there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the day that Christ Jesus appears. See, our spiritual formation, our maturation and continued rejuvenation in Christlikeness is a constant movement toward the eternal appointment God placed upon each of us in our creation. The kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25, verse 34. See, God is with us every step of the way. And we can continue growing in our purpose and our impact daily. Again, I love the way that it's put there in that, in that passage. God who started this great work in you would keep it and bring it to a flourishing finish. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm hearing these Star Wars themes in the background, you know. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Did I overshare there, babe? Did I, did, I get off, did I get off point a little bit? I'm sorry. If you haven't seen Rogue One, you got to go see it. It was pretty amazing. Heaven has been prepared for us. And the thing, guys, we've got to understand, it's not a matter of when. We've already been given the deed. We're owners. We're not renters. We're owners, guys. This movement that started over 2,000 years ago is to be carried forward through our rejuvenation transformation, delegation, association, and our discipleship to Jesus Christ. It's a process of character rejuvenation toward complete effectiveness and trustworthiness in God. It is time for rejuvenation in each of us, which will lead to the transformation of our communities, our cities, and eventually the world. We are the master's plan. We are the master's strategy. I want to close with this quote from John Piper, who's a founder, a teacher, and a chancellor of Bethlehem College and Seminary. The quote is from a sermon entitled, Don't Waste Your Life. He says, I drift into a peacetime mindset as certainly as rain falls down and flames go up. I'm wired by nature to love the same toys that the world loves. I start to fit in. I start to love what others love. I start to call Earth home. Before you know it, I'm calling luxuries needs and using my money just like the way that unbelievers do. I begin to forget the war. I don't think much anymore about people perishing. Missions and unreached peoples drop out of my mind. I stop dreaming about the triumphs of grace. I sink into a secular mindset that looks first at what man can do, not what God can do. It's a terrible sickness. And I thank God for those who have forced me again and again towards a wartime mindset. John Piper.
Christmas season ever. <laughs> I'm like, I lost my <coughs> You know, I'm all, like, literally, this is where I was. First of all, Steve and I got in a fight. What? Steve and I, Steve and I got in a fight about, about, yeah, I was in sin. Steve was completely innocent. And, um. What that fight? Come on. Give me some crud here. Okay, let me finish. So I got in a, we got in this fight, first of all, in the beginning of, of uh, December. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a Christmas crazy person. Like, our house, we had like 18 Christmas trees throughout the house. I mean, literally, 18. I counted them one time. Because somebody asked me, how, how many Christmas trees do you have in here? I mean, every size, whatever. I'm a Christmas freak. Uh, Armando Hernandez once said, it looks like Christmas threw up in here. But anyway, <laughs> so I love Christmas. Steve and I get in a fight about when we're going to decorate for I thought we were beyond the this. day of, yeah, I'm just sharing with them how, you know, we are, we are beyond it. I mean, we, we'll probably get another fight again. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's how it started out. I'm like, I'm not decorating, forget it, I'm done. I'm not doing it. I just, you know, I completely lost the love and feeling. And then I lost my Starbucks cup. Then as I'm sitting at the nail place, um, I get a call from my, uh, the doctor's office. It says, oh, just kidding. You're not having surgery in two days um, because your insurance changed. Too long of a story to get into. I'm like, Dessa, worst Christmas ever. <laughs> then I'm at Target. I come out. I leave. I'm seeing this, this note on my car as I'm driving, hoping it doesn't fly off. I get out, oh, sorry, I hit your car while it was parked at Target. Dessa, worst Christmas ever. I mean, I didn't have decorating because my son-in-law was like, mom, mom, you have to decorate because this is the my first year not going home. I'm like, all right, Zach, for you, I'll do it. Because um, I was mad at Stephen <laughs> Then I'm like, I'm not having surgery. I'm not going into New Year with my knee done. Da, da, da. I'm like, er, you know, and then, and then the Christmas. Worst Christmas ever. <laughs> exactly. And everybody was like, Jack, you know, everything happens for a reason. All the things we tell each other, right, in, in good spirit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, God has a purpose in this. Maybe it wasn't the right doctor, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Amen, sis. I'm like, worst Christmas ever. This is ridiculous. Anyway. I say all that to say this. <laughs> I needed to be rejuvenated in a serious way. God did end up coming through. It's true, God had a better doctor in store for me. I mean, this doctor was blow away. He's a sports doctor, understood my injury better. I mean, obviously I'm walking on it. It's felt better today, what, 10 days after surgery than it has in five years. But I needed to be rejuvenated coming into this year. I mean, literally, the Christmas night, I took all the Christmas stuff down. Um, but <laughs> I think about this. Yeah. I think about this. This was a challenging lesson, if I really, really think about it, especially what is on the screen behind. Well, not anymore, but it was on the screen. Talking about drifting into a peaceful mindset. And what I want to ask the sisters this morning is this. Would you examine with me? Examine with me if, like me, you have drifted into a peacetime mindset and have started to love the same things that the world loves <coughs> and start to fit in, calling Earth my home, where luxuries like my Starbucks cup becomes a need, using my money the same way unbelievers do, and forgetting the war, the spiritual war, and what's at stake. Not only my salvation, but my kids' salvation, now my granddaughter's salvation, my neighbor's salvation, the mailman's salvation, the person at the grocery store when I stand in line and don't share with them, discriminating against who I'm going to share my faith with, this is a good situation, the stars are aligned, you know, versus being a fool for Christ. Sisters, I'd like you to consider, have you forgotten the war? Have we started to not think much about people perishing? Has it dropped out of my mind? And have I stopped, dream stopped dreaming about 
the triumphs of grace that God has in store? And have I fallen into a secular mindset? And have I, have, have I caught that terrible sickness of complacency? I know that's where I was. Absolutely that, that's where I was. I mean, all those things, when I look back now, I mean, it's really stupid. I mean, when I look back at December and all the things I was so bummed out about, I mean, it's funny, but it's also embarrassing because I lost sight of what a great opportunity versus grumbling and complaining. How many more people could I have shared my faith with had I not been so self-focused? Who might have been sitting here today had I not been so self-focused? And so I'm confessing, and I'm asking for your prayers, but I'm also appealing to you as sisters to repent with me. Let's grow out of this place this year. Let's fill this place. Let's add four rows up here, pushing us back into here. Now in the big theater. Okay, back in the big theater. <laughs> Just being like Steve said, disciples. Being a Bible-living, cross-carrying, purpose-driven woman for Christ. Let's see what God does. Let's do it together. I'm committed to praying for all of you. Please pray for me as we really get rejuvenated and fight like we're in a war for every soul this year. Amen. Thanks, Beth. So I'd just like to close with these thoughts. Today, you and I need to allow ourselves to be called back once again to the spiritual wartime mindset that God has about the lost. My prayer is that each of us, every one of us, will be healed from the sickness of a secular mindset and start 2017 rejuvenated and participating in God's master plan. God bless. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 